when I started uh, doing Juicy Scoop, I just wanted to do a show that was just always interesting to me because um, coming off of Chelsea lately, which was a late night talk show, it did always have to be funny and the topics always had to be funny. So sometimes I'd put out a topic and I'd be like, ooh, we can't really make that funny, but it's so juicy. But now so you can then, relax into yeah, yourself. I, You're basically being yourself. Yeah. And I've said this for a while. Comedians, this is not a brag, are the greatest artists in the world. Because we have nothing except for us. Exactly. We don't have props. We don't have makeup people necessarily. You probably have a staff of makeup people. No, I don't. People. I do my own I'm hair kidding. No, but I'm really, a comedian. No, but I do. I mean, most people are like sort of surprised by that. But no, I can do that. And that's one of the things that now, especially with a lot of people getting into podcasting, yeah. a lot of people doing these live like podcast shows, which are sort of like a talk show variety show on stage. And they're going on tour. And I think that's great for them. But what I was like, wait a minute, you know, there's so few of us that can actually just go on stage and be a stand-up. It's like the, the such a small percentage of entertainers can do that. So, and what's great about it and why we don't ever want to give up that craft, even when some of, even if you get a TV show or you get something, you want to keep doing it because it is the one thing that one thing that you could always do and you only have yourself. You only yeah. have to, you could just... All you need is just an, your clothes for the night. The mic is provided. Right. You don't need to bring a band. You don't need right. To bring, There's no roadies. Yes, you don't need to bring all yeah. this extra stuff. And so, but you're saying you got to work that muscle, even if you have a sitcom, you yes. still got to go back because and do the rooms and work that muscle because that's a, that's something that will atrophy over time. Yeah, which it did during COVID. I don't know how much you performed, but you know the first I, few I times really, out of COVID were no, you know. Yeah. I did one show last October at Tempe and then three different weekends in Texas in between February You did and March. the Tempe improv? Yes. Where they had the glass between the tables. It was so weird. I don't what? know. I didn't really mind it because <laughs> it was like- Everybody was like a bank it was, teller. It was half full. Yeah. But the way they did it, it was still spread out. So uh, yeah. it's still, as you're standing there, it looked full. It did, yeah. And it was just like, that was the first show I'd done in like whatever, seven months. And it was- kind of freeing just to because you you know you had to throw away your old routine because it was like you hadn't done it in so long and you wanted to talk about what's going on now so i found it to be like a little more freeing and improvisational and fun and so then, you weren't scared and you you didn't feel like you're putting out the rust you were no, throwing I mean, that this is, feels wonderful the first time but then like the next show was great and i just had a blast and then i was really had a lot of fun doing the texas shows and and now i've got a bunch of shows starting up um, this fall in August with uh, San Francisco, finally going to my Cobb's date, which was literally like canceled like three days before the massive shutdown. Wow! And then it was like now you're trying to have it again, and now it's finally at Cobb's um, August. 6th once you once you get that first laugh, though, I ha I have a th yeah theory, or maybe you, I, you might agree with this. I think people that the laughs are deeper right now, and they're a little more like forgiving. If you're trying new material, because yeah, they, they're, they're rooting they for yeah. us now, where they sometimes will root against us. Yeah. Of course, your fans never would, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like, I think there's a, like, I bring notes on stage. Yes, they, they're not I offended. And, and yeah, like just like a, a little outline, like a two-minute. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just because it's like, yeah. Some and, reminders in case you forget. Yeah, because you're not, you don't have that fine-tuned like hour that you've been doing for six months that you're getting ready to like film or something. But right. that's also kind of more fun because yeah. I'm like, and it used to be like, oh my God, I forgot to do that joke and I'd be so mad at myself. And now I'm kind of <laughs> like, whatever, the show is great. Like yeah. I, there's things that you change and everybody's changed 
because of COVID. Yeah. And I, and for me, it's like, I'm a little less harsh on myself right. in that way. And I'm well, just we're like, all kind of free fun. now. We're, yeah. we're, we're literally free. To, we're out, outdoors and outside and going inside. It's a whole, everything changed. And the one thing about COVID, as comedians, we look for commonalities. Mm -hmm. It's the only time in history you could ever have one commonality that everyone experienced it. Think about that. Yeah. Like no, every, you know, if you go, men do this, women do that. No, not necessarily. Yeah. Now in this case, everyone was quarantined. Right. Everyone went through this. Everyone went through some difficulties and right. So that space is a different space than it's ever happened in history. When yeah. you think about it. No, I know. And it's, it's, and that was also something very interesting about being, um, whether you're an actor or a comedian, a muse, a musician is, you know, when you're not working or when you're choosing to take time off, you still can like look at your phone and uh, maybe I had a weekend at home and I'm having a nice weekend and I look at my phone and I see my friend getting on stage and the whole crowd going crazy, you know, like cheering. And I'm like, mm. you know, like I'm happy for her. I had a nice weekend, <laughs> but like there's a little of that FOMO, a little bit of like competitive jealousy. Wow. And when you were just, nobody could go perform it was like amazing yeah i loved it anyway tell people what friend poaching is did we come up with this I together came up with it i've been saying it for like three or four years oh be, okay. oh this is before you poached my friends you had already well, been saying know, like, it because we talked about it on your podcast i just remember one time someone saying you're trying to poach my writers um, <laughs> like someone trying to steal writers yeah, from the show. Yeah. And so that's kind of where I got the idea. And then I just, you know, it was just happening a lot with me in Hollywood where like I would meet somebody and invite them over for dinner. And then I'd invite this other friend of mine who is my best friend. Like I adore her. Okay. She's a good friend of mine. And, um, and this other girl. And then like all of a sudden I go on Instagram and see that they all went out to dinner. And I'm oh. like, wait a minute. Like, I'm in town. I'm squatting at home. Now, I so I think there's rules to friend poaching. Okay, so you have okay. a dinner party. I want to hear these rules because Chris Spencer and I totally disagree on this. Okay, this is. You're the, on my side this on this. Is what okay. I think. You get invited to a dinner party yeah. or a party, okay? And someone goes, oh, you know, Craig, you should meet uh, Joe. Joe, Craig, you guys yeah. will, you know, he does this, you do that. And you go, oh, you start talking, okay? And. Then you exchange numbers. And then you say, hey, I'm having a dinner party on Friday. Okay. That's fine that you invite Joe and his wife. But at least invite Peter, my husband, and I yeah. as well for the first go at it. Okay. That's a rule. Okay. okay I, I like that's that rule. A rule. And then if afterwards just the four of you get together or whatever, you kind of still reach out. You kind of, I think some people when they're poaching, they look at my schedule and they decide <laughs> to have the dinner party when I'm in Boston. Cause I swear <laughs> to God that happened with Nikki six. It absolutely. You is. think it's that, you, you think it's that yes. devious. Yes. It was like, wow, that's I heavy. I say that I'm, I'm not, I'm over it. I've matured during COVID and age, but, um, 
I don't think I've matured that much. Are, are there are there different categories when it's a celebrity friend poach? Oh, it's way more. No, celebrity or super rich? Super rich or, or celebrity, celebrity friend that, poach? Well, that's who you want to poach. People <laughs> are like, oh my god, I'm dying. I love she's admitting to hang it. out with your post office guy. Like he is the best. I'm taking him to Cabo. No, it's not. It's that. so bad with us now. And I talk to Peter. He'll say, oh, I knew him before you. I know him before you introduce us. That's oh, what he so said. Now, so, yeah, so now we have to qualify. Yes, exactly. Yes, all about the date it. that we met yes. and how we met that it wasn't from you. And then there's nothing better than when you have a friend that you believe is like a really bad friend poacher, and then they call you and tell you a story of where they're annoyed that someone poached someone of theirs. Yeah, and I'm get, like, hi, hypocrite. Yeah, hello, karma. Do I need to bring up these four occasions that happen like – but now I am officially finally over it. Is it Iranian or Iranian? I, I think it was Iranian. Both. Iranian is, but I like I go with. <laughs> I'm well, asking you no, the, no, the no, actual Iranian, answer. Iranian is the thing. It's Iranian, but people say Iranian is nicer than Iranian. Iranian was the one I hate. That's Iranian not is good. Fingernails on a chalkboard. I I'm with you on that. Yeah, Iranian. that sounds like a the South. Like he's an Iranian. Ira when people go, are you from Iran? I go, are you from America? <laughs> the hell is wrong with you? Learn how to say it. Listen, that's like that was like when when we attacked when 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 we went to war with Iraq. George Bush was uh, doing a speech. He's like, we're going to Iraq, and I was like, oh. I go, if I'm Saddam Hussein, I'd be watching this, be like, at least pronounce it right. If you're gonna attack our country, he's, he's, get ready, it right. he's ready to come out of the yeah. out of the spider hole, yeah. just yeah. to say, yeah. all right, I'm out here just to tell you it's not pronounced yeah. Iraq. Yeah. It's not. It's Iraq. Now bum away. You know. Like, <laughs> gosh. Yeah, but I mean, it must have been difficult because I remember. Listen, I'm not your culture. Yeah. And I'm offended by stuff that my friends are, oh, are saying, we got to go invade there. You well, know, well, Iraq, they had to, yeah. Well, that, Iraq. That, that was Iraq. So, so, so uh, the, my whole take on all of that was there was actually this great guy. His name was, his name was Jack Shaheen. He was a professor and he wrote a book called real bad Arabs, R E E L real bad Arabs. And he made a documentary out of it. And so he went back and studied, the depiction of Middle Easterners, so Arabs, Iranians, Muslims, I don't care what, but all the people of that part of the world from like the 20s or so, starting from like, remember uh, um, Rudolf Valentino, right? Sure. The, the sheikh, right? And, and so... They were always played by, same with Native Americans, always played by a white person. White person, yeah. but, but the depiction was always negative. And his right. theory was, when you depict people like this over and over and over and over again, then when it comes time to go to war with them, it becomes that much easier. Wow. So you hear people say things like, oh, let's just bomb the whole goddamn, let's just right. bomb the whole right. goddamn, we'll just, we'll just bomb. My and, friend says, let's go get the sand fleas. I mean, I, like, how do you, what's, do you realize that they're, they're children? There's children, there's you know, people there's, living. These are human beings. I just don't get it. Listen, I. I it's all coming clear, though, with the Afghanistan thing. Dude, Some people are starting to wake up. Dude, it's crazy to me because yeah. here's the thing. I, I, I always say, like, we, one of the, one of the biggest, uh, uh, um, atrocities of our of our country is we don't travel outside of our country enough Not, and i didn't you know once we don't, I, we don't make a phone call outside we of don't the make country. a phone call I nobody came, knows anything what goes on dude, in the other parts of the world when i came to america like those first several years i didn't really travel i mean you'd go to mexico or something right that was it but and then you'd come back and be like oh well the resort was nice the drive was a little rough but the resort, <laughs> the resort. Yeah, from the hotel to the from the airport to the resort was rough of, i got plenty of chicklets <laughs> <Pretty> chicklets <laughs> but i went you know with the when 
when we did our first, uh, so so Mitzi Shore put me, Ahmed Ahmed, Aaron Cater, and at that time Sam Tripoli into a group, and it was called the Arabian Nights. This was in 2000, before September 11th happened. Oh. And Mitzi, as you know, was kind of a guru of comedy, and yeah. she she used to have like Black Night and Latino Night and the sure. Ladies Night. So she wanted a Middle Eastern night. That was your theme, was that the was, Middle Eastern. That Tri was the Tripoli theme. is also? Tripoli is half Armenian. His mom's Armenian. So this is what happened. So Mitzi, okay. so I was the only, so I became a regular at the comedy store, either 99 or 2000, whatever it was. I was the only comedian from that part of the world that was a regular at the club. And, you know, people don't know this, but when you're a regular at the club, that means you call in on a Monday. You're like, I'm available these nights. And they put you up on a, any random night and yeah. you gig. You're so, on the list and, yeah. That's it. So you got to be passed though by Mitzi. You got to be passed yeah. by Mitzi. Yeah. And so then, so then she's like, so then when, so she was Mitzi was Jewish and she's watching television, and there was the latest uprising. This was in two thousand between the Palestinians and the Israelis, uh, and the Jews in Israel. And so she she thought, okay, there's going to be a need for a positive voice for Muslims and Middle Easterners in the very near future. This is before September eleventh. Mm. It's almost like she had a vision. So she goes, I want to do this Arabian Nights show. And at the time, I was the only, and, and Iranians aren't Arabs, but still, she wanted to call it Arabian Nights. Sure. That's fine. Got it. So close enough. So at that point, she's. As long she, as it's not Arabian. As long as it's not Arab. <laughs> Arab night, camel night. Um, so she had seen Ahmed, and so she brought Ahmed on. I'd seen Aaron Cater, who was half Palestinian. I introduced him. And then Sam, I knew Sam. Sam had been trying to get into the club over and over and not getting past. And finally, I told them, I go, uh, I go, hey, uh, I think Sam is half Armenian. Does that count? They go, sure. So they threw him in. <laughs> Craig, I'm we had an Indian guy. India has nothing to do with Iran, but or, or Middle East. I mean, sure. they, so we had an Indian guy. We had a girl who was a white girl who did a belly dance. So put her. Ah. In. It was crazy, <laughs> and we started this whole thing, and it was interesting because. I, at first, I didn't know. I was like, before, before social media, before so social media, it had to be word of mouth or word of mouth or, but, or, or a mail with a stamp. You would find what we did was like, like, because she goes, I want to do Arabian Nights. I go, who wants to come to an Arabian Nights show? I was, first of all, I go, you know, when you do Black Night at the comedy <laughs> store, there's a lot of like, there, there's a big black population and there's a lot of black comedians. Mm -hmm. I go, we're the only four or five comics. So if people come next month, they're going to see the same shit over and over again. I was like, who's going to do this? So what we did was we found like the Iranian student group, the Arab student group, the Egyptian student group. We just oh, found that was smart. UCLA, USC, and we just gave away tickets. We papered the room the first time out. And we packed Killed it. it. We packed it? it. Yeah, and people came and they're like, oh my God, there's people from our backgrounds doing shows. You know what? That is a formula that I saw work with Russell Peters. Yeah. Years ago, I'd stopped to see him in uh, Irvine during the week. Yeah. I'm going, how's this guy? Because I didn't really know him. How's this guy selling out? On like a Monday night, I stopped by. He goes, hey, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I, I watched the formula. Yeah. It's people that have been completely underserved. Completely. He empowers them. He goes, where are, my, where are my Koreans at? Yeah. The whole act, you know, you know where are my Filipinos? Yeah. And now the Filipinos who have been just dismissed dismissed and yeah. diminished yeah they're going he's talking about me even though he's ripping on them yeah yeah and that's well, how you empower people so that's such a that was such a smart idea and it caught on well it caught on but also like so what that what that allowed us to do was that arabian nights turned into the access of evil comedy tour yeah. with me ahmed and aaron and dino bidala comes out on comedy central and then we travel for the first time to the middle east mm -mm. in 2007 we did 27 sold out shows in 30 days in five countries lebanon Kuwait, 
uh, in Dubai, which is in the United Arab Emirates. Um, and then we did. Did you uh, do Iran? Did not do. I can't do it. First of all, having made fun of the you know leadership <laughs> in Iran, I can't go back to Iran. Do, I mean, do you feel like you're on? I'd be afraid you're on a list. I'm sure I'm on some list there. Like, so yeah. that's the whole point why I can't go back. Because, yeah. again, the people of Iran are amazing. And I have fans that are Iranian fans yeah. that will hit me up on Instagram. I do clubhouse shows in Farsi now. I've just started doing clubhouse shows in Farsi where I'm hosting a show and I'm interviewing people that are celebrities in the Iranian community. And people call in from Iran or tune in on clubhouse. It's amazing. But but actually landing in Iran would be, I think, dangerous because, <clears throat> first of all, again, the people are amazing. The government is very oppressive. And it could sure. be one of those situations where they'll be like, oh, hey, uh, you did this joke about the supreme leader and let's go talk about it. And and yeah. I think it's one of those things where we'll be like, you and know, they, they call you. That's your last talk. That's your last talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aren't you fueled by the, your yes. past? You know, Absolutely. Uh, the, the people you resent, the people yeah. that picked on you. This is what leads us to do what we do. Of course. 100%. That's the pain. I, I believe <laughs> if you talk to most comedians, there is something, whether it be a breakup or whatever, that there's a, there's a specific moment they decided, I'm going to be successful for to piss whomever off. Oh, God. You know? I yeah. was backstage once. On my, I had a national television show, and they're about yeah. to announce me. I literally was going down the list. <laughs> it's great. The list of the girls that yeah. shot me down for yeah. the prom, which was 13 long. Right. 13 <laughs> shot me down. Little little old Craig. I grew finally in high school, but yeah. beginning of high school, five foot one. So that's five foot one. That's five, particularly 92 short. pounds. Yes. Wow. In high school. And it was yeah. really not a good thing. I was not, it was but it led to comedy. Yeah. So I have that list of people that, you know, picked on me, stuffed me in lockers, right. you know, wedgies, uh -huh. all those things that happen, you know, the trash cans upside down, the whole deal. Right. So you got the list. I'm going to get even with them. And by the way, you never do. You never do. And you, you know what? It's even worse than <laughs> They're that. They're not at home going, I, I, oh, I could have been with a yeah. comedian. <laughs> they, it, what's even sadder is when you, I, I think one time, it was a couple of years ago, I ran into somebody. They weren't on my list of that, but it was still somebody I would be happy if they were impressed by my career. And they didn't even know. They were like, they were like, hey, Chris, what's going on? And I'm like, what are you up to? And I'm like, oh, you haven't heard? You know? <laughs> But so it was like here I He's was asking you what you do yeah, for a yeah, living. That's even worse. Like here I was, like pining away for their. Uh, I know, and and they did just even they're like they're living their lives too, and <laughs> don't even concern themselves with us. I always thought to myself, I'll be on a Tonight Show or something. <clears throat> when the Tonight Show was something, right? You know, when it wasn't watered down by other Tonight Shows. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, of course. It was yeah. Johnny Carson. That's yeah. what you. Uh, so I I just remember thinking, if I get on there, I'm going to tell. I'm going to put it out that my world cultures teacher from 10th grade, yeah. Cindy Kellogg, if you're out there, <laughs> I'm single. This was like oh a, literally God. an image that I had right. that I was going to tell Johnny, can you get in touch with Cindy Kellogg yeah. for me? Oh, that's amazing. I still want to know what she looks like. Oh, Cindy, my God. Cindy Kellogg, was, was she a teacher or she yes, was in the class? teacher. She was so hot, Well, bro. now she's got to be 90 years old. I don't care. Oh, okay. Because it's locked in. Yeah. It's like got it. 90. Well, I don't know. I mean, that I makes imagine. me that makes me no, 87. She, your, she wasn't that much no, older. If she was your teacher, she was probably 10 years, 20 years older than you. No, no at the time. No, no, 
Say no. you're 16. Don't think she was 36? No, not even close. Oh, she was okay. about 24, 25. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that's true. You, yeah, I could still I always, I, I always thought my teachers were so much older. I'm like, they were you always 23, think that. you know? They, they were, I know. Yeah. How about parents? Right. Now, we're older than people we it's consider amazing. really old. It's a, I look back at my, yeah, it's amazing. Right? Oh. Your friends' parents, the older ones. I know. Of which, by the way, our kids are, yeah. <laughs> they're going to suffer for this. Yeah. Of us yeah. being older parents. I know. My whole goal is that they don't say, is that your granddaughter? It That's happened my, to me two nights, two days ago. Not, I was, I was taking the, baby fear around you could the possibly have. And a guy, and the guy who's a neighbor of mine walking down the street, and he goes, how's that granddaughter of yours? And I don't think I look like, I think I'm like, I keep, as I like to say, I keep my shit tight. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like some old man walking down the street. Oh, I'm laughing because I'm in a yeah. nightmare spiral right now if I, that happened to me. Yeah. I think they keep it quiet with me. Right. They, yeah. I had it one time. Not with my, actually, it was with my wife. Yeah. And it was our second date. She was helping oh. me sell merch. Yeah. Our second date 15 years ago. And they she thought said, she was, was help- your daughter. He says, is that your That's dad? even worse, I think. Oh, stop it. It is. I think. <laughs> I was, no, I'm sp- still spiraling on yours. <laughs> oh, okay. is worse. Yours is worse than that. All right, that's fine. I'll take it. It was the second date, yeah. though, and I, I thank God she's never heard it again. Yeah. You know, now being with me, she's old. Right. <laughs> I'll age anybody. <laughs> right. Any, but, but eventually. Oh, my God. That's, it's all sus. You had that happen. Yeah, oh just like a couple days ago. And what'd you say to the guy? Well, the funny thing was, I think he was with his wife, and I think the wife was like, that's not his grand. <laughs> like, are you crazy? He's They're the always, father. The and wife so, is always there yeah, to so shut I the idiot I think she up. had to explain to him, because I've since run into him since, and he hasn't said it again. So <laughs> I think that he, he was corrected. Don't you find that, like, when we go out on the road, this right. is what I want to explain to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. We know what people want. Uh, that, exactly. We have our finger on the pulse. They grew up in the mailroom at William Morris mm-hmm. and don't know anything. Uh, they base things on I think fear you see and it, trends. I think you see it in, t- in television a lot, especially yes. in network television. I was watching something, I won't say the name of it, but last night on CBS there was an actual... You know, like starring three, Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven. <laughs> there was actually like a three, you know, camera sitcom. Yeah. Uh, you know, shot on a soundstage, uh-huh. and it was a new sitcom, and it was so like bad and and so old and felt so old to me that I was like, I just don't think they know any better. I don't think they've seen how comedy, like the beats, are different now, mm. and yeah. they they wouldn't know that because they're not out there. They no, they're not. I was in a writer's room. We were, yeah. You were written for a sitcom? Oh, yeah, many, many. Oh, and they resent yeah. you. Right. Because yeah. you're out there earning money. And, right. You know, oh, yeah. I used to have to leave on fr- on Thursday or Friday. And they same were, here. Yeah. They hated me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I come back with a tan. Right. Where, where were you? I was in Hawaii. I had a couple <laughs> yeah. a couple nights in yeah. Hawaii. Where were you? Well, we were here in the room right. for 10 hours a day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hated. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a name. They don't have a name. And they're mm-hmm. pitching themselves to be on the next season. I know. And work with other writers and I stuff like that. I don't understand. Honestly, I, I will say this. I don't understand the writer's room without any stand-up comedians. I really don't. I, I just, it doesn't make any sense. I know there are brilliant writers who are not stand-up comedians, but a st- you get a room of stand-up comedians, your show will be 10 times better for it. Absolutely. You know where the punchlines yeah. are. You know where the beats are. Right. You know what people, what makes them tick. You also know what has been, what is a premise that has been off to you, you know, like yeah. they don't. They're like, oh, is that, that's, you know, like airport food or whatever. And they're like, oh, is that something that people are talking about? I'm like, yes, it's been, it's been, out, it's out there, you know, so <laughs> don't use that one. So I don't know. It's, it is interesting. It's, it's, uh, it's something that um, I am glad I experienced it. Yeah. You know, I'm glad I've experienced every aspect of Hollywood. 
Totally. But I would like to run Hollywood. Yeah. I'd like to run it with you right. being my vice president. Yeah. <laughs> if you wouldn't mind if I was the lead. Uh, yeah. You'd be my vice president. Okay. We know. Mm -hmm. It's like we can pick the menu. Okay. That they eat. Do you? Is there you don't do foie gras in no. Idaho. Okay. No, no. They're not going to eat it. True. Exactly. No, they don't know what it is. They're not going to eat it. They're not interested. Right. But I will give them something nutritional and tasty. Uh-huh. Right? Right. But also has fat. Of course. <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? Because that's what they want. Yeah. Right. But they don't work that way here. They work in fear and trends. I'll and say this, though. I believe that that... That old school model is going away, and it's being replaced by things like this, by 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 podcast and things like this. It's true, and they are, they're becoming less and less important, and I think it's killing them. I I really do. Mm. I think this town. Look at the people we performed the other night. Half those guys are 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 not on television, and they you know Andrew Santino sells out theaters right now. I know, and and uh, Andrew he's on television. That's well, not true. but he's not on television in a way you would know on him. a sitcom. Yeah. He's well. He was on. He's on a Hulu. fifth lead on on Hulu or something. He's not. Yeah. On, he's not Ray Romano. You know what I mean. The the reason why he's selling out theaters yeah. is because he's on a podcast with Bobby Lee, and it gets you know a hundred thousand downloads a week. Wow. That's who's coming to his show. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> My mother was like um, incredibly funny, um, and my father was physically funny. So it was like having a clown for a parent, and then just an incredibly witty, smart person. He's doing like Chevy Chase dives on the yeah, coffee pretty table. Much, pretty much. My father. I put my father in every show that I was ever on. And one time, I bought my dad because he would. I would get these random calls every now and then, he, and say. Uh, Honey, listen, great news. I've decided to uh, try acting. And I'm like, great news for who? Okay, not, not for me. It's not great news. So um, I'm ready to get an agent. I go, fantastic. You live in Tucson and you're an obstetrician gynecologist. So why don't you stick at the thing that's paying you? And he, so he's like, uh, can you get me some work? So I bought him um, a walk-on part in C on the original CSI. You bought him a part. It was $800 at an auction. Yeah. The show had just started. I get this call from my father. Oh, honey, I got a call from the producer. It's a pass from me. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, I'm going to pass. I go, you're not going to pass. I paid $800. He's even using showbiz language. Yeah, it's a pass. pass. It's, it's a pass. A, it's a pass. It's a pass from me. I go, Dad. He goes, honey, they want me. First of all, there's no lines. I go, I've explained this to you. You're not in the union. It's an extra part. This is, you're not going to go on. He goes, well, they want me to play a corpse. I go, the whole show's about corpses. You could have been a lead corpse. He goes, well, I've, I've told them no. I go, well, did you get the $800 back? No. Then my mother. Uh, he they, did really, he wouldn't do it. He passed. Wouldn't okay. play the corpse. Wouldn't play the corpse. Wow. Didn't they, you tell him Kevin Costner started as a corpse? And continued as one. Have you seen his acting? Well, oh, wow. Good night, everybody. Wow. Good night, everybody. Um, That's the end of the show right there. Can I get a water? You look like Kevin Costner. What's that? You look like I Kevin Costner. I get that Costner. a lot. I actually had two people that thought I was Kevin Costner. Isn't that you weird? spoke and then they were like, what the hell? Yeah, what's that? What's with the no can't L's? can't say an L. <laughs> this can't be Kevin Costner. Dances with boobs. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Feet of dreams. <laughs> Luckily, we can't think of any other. Exactly. Kevin Costner That's movie. why we laughed longer. Yes. We had, uh, okay. Try to come up another way. Neither one of us can come up with. Feet of Dreams, very good. That was good. That yeah, was very but good. That's it. But then it was. But we it ended was, it that. It oh, I'm sorry. Boo Dorum. Boo Dorum. How do we not Boo know that one? Dorum. Oh. So good. Ugh. 
<laughs> no way out has no L's. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, 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 now we're be, the whole Kevin Costner retrospective. Yeah. yeah. Now, and uh, by the way, the whole interview, you'll come up with another mm-hmm. one. I just know it. It'll just be no, the most brilliant be, one of no, all. No, no, it'll be, I'll be driving home. Okay, so then I got to tell you about my dad. So my dad, my my dad, at age seventy, got a, a tattoo of a bear claw all the way down his arm. He had like he was very spiritual. My dad was not that, super that, present that's when I was a kid. Spiritual? No, that was his um, uh, like Native animal. American. Yeah, spirit, I was a spirit animal. animal. Okay, I got you. Yeah, um, it wasn't like he's trying to pick up, you know. Wilderness chicks. No, he just wanted to join a biker gang. No, okay. he, you know, he was he was a very spiritual guy. He used to always call and go, "Honey, I'm going into my um, silent retreat. Uh, I'll be in it for two weeks, and I'm going in in half an hour." I said, "Okay, I'll call you back in forty minutes." <laughs> and then I would always say to my sister, "I go, did you get a hang up on your birthday? That was Dad from the silent retreat wishing you a happy birthday." <laughs> my sister took my mom to one. And she smuggled in her Blackberry. <laughs> and she says, she got mad at me because she caught me with my Blackberry. I can't go that long without my Blackberry. So she was, she's called me from the silent retreat to tell me that they were trying to tell her to stay silent. <laughs> oh, my God. I took my mother to the... Um, you, oh, do you do that kind of thing? You take your parents of to... Of course. We went to a million. Like, all, like, my mother and I traveled all over the world. Wow, that's awesome. I took my mother to the Hippocrates Institute in Florida. Florida, yeah. Which is literally just juicing and eating wheatgrass and having enemas. And my mother could not stand it. She said, I can't stand these women. They just sit around and talk about their bowel movements endlessly. <laughs> and so she, people would go, I remember she did two things. She goes, anyway, how these people are like, did you get the colonic? And my mother said, you know what I'd love? A pina colonic. <laughs> you do both parents with a sense of humor. Oh, so and wow. my sisters are far funnier than I am. Far really? funnier. Oh, yeah. Look, but but they had other skills. I only had this skill. Where did you grow up again? Montreal. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, I knew it was Canada, but I didn't know it was Montreal. Are you bilingual? Um, I'm not getting personal, but... <laughs> as I've always said, I can speak French, but only in the present tense, because that's all I can remember from high school. So as long as it uh, happened this moment, I could say it. I learned stuff that would pick up women, that's all. And what <laughs> so was it? I was it? in Montreal. What was it? Uh, je t'aime. <laughs> that's a big opener. Where do you go from there? <laughs> je t'aime. Where and then I go I, from I love you. <laughs> I love you. How about I'd like to get to know you maybe a little bit. Well, of course I use the voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir. I mean, who, uh, wow. Who I mean, take... if you don't go to a 70s disco song, how are they not throwing themselves <laughs> they're at young you? young enough, they wouldn't know that. Oh, that, my God. They wouldn't know the song, right? That's like, oh, God. All right. So what, what, is, what is the origin of the love master? This is not supposed to be your interview of me. Well, I'm a very bossy maybe you, Aries. Maybe if you had me on your talk show, which you, you know never what? did. I would have loved to have. Th- but I, never I, did. But never did. Got You and Rosie both. Rosie, I grew up with Rosie. I don't know if you knew that. No. Since teenagers, yeah. No. We started together. We used to tour together, sleep in the same bed together, me and Rosie. Well, Honest that to God. explains a lot about Rosie's choices now. <laughs> you had clearly not when, invented the love master I, at that point. I remember the night that she admitted it. Uh, that she came, you know. Wow. She actually. You don't admit it. It's not like it's, well, she's done, you've committed a crime. Yes, you do admit it. I admit it. Maybe that's, I, maybe that's, okay. I know the word's coming out, but I just, that's all Philly could come up with. It. She admitted it. Yeah. So. so uh, she solved the crime. Well, was, uh, you know, she was denying it, so now she admitted it. Okay. At one the love time. master has brought lots of love and enlightenment to the world. I would like to know the lots origin. Lots of sex. Yes. A lot of people, I set them up, they knock them down. I mean, 
So many guys try to be the love master, and babies have been born from it. I'm not exaggerating. Oh, God. A lot of people have given credit to the love master. You know what's really funny? Knowing you and then watching you do the love master, and then you're like, it's just great. And then you're like, oh. I know. It's It's, weird. It's weird. It's creepy. That character is like strangely arousing and propelling (laughs) all at the same time. It's like, I know it's him, but then I'm like, oh, oh, no. I don't want to feel that way, but mm, I do. (laughs) You're like, I'm not falling for this. Yes, I am. (laughs) Yes, I freaking am. Terrible. I've never had it explained like that before. Because I know people have different reactions to it. Some people get creeped, but... uh, he came to me. You know what? He'd get me too. Now you can't really do him anymore. Well, I do. Oh, you still do. It's a, but it's a, play, it's a play on people like that. Yeah. I, I might as well be doing a Harvey Weinstein impression. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? It's true. You can't, or a Bill Cosby. <laughs> right. Jesus. If, if, yeah, I guess that's a little far. But anyway, mm-hmm. it's it's a character to, it's it's basically to combat what women were give, what girls would give me horrible times back when I was a kid, right? They use the F word, friend. It's always oh, the friend. Oh, I was like, they tell you to fuck off. No. Why? Well, that's that so too. Mean. That too. If I tried, if, if I tried did. anything besides being a friend, oh, you got then it turned into then it turned even always as a, even oh, as a sexy Scorpio. Thirteen like girls I asked to the prom. No, and don't you think I can't list them right now for you, right in order? Uh, and I'm, you know that each one you're hoping has a thyroid condition. And oh, it's happened. It's happened. Got my vengeance. Yeah. One of them I looked. One. She gigantic. Herpes sore, and she's oh. prop. What's that? Wow! <laughs> you did I'm, not invite. But I'm clean. I'm girls. clean now. You invited thirteen. I invited thirteen. I can name every one to of the them. Prom? They all shot me down, and you know I hate all of them. Do you know how girls uh, pee together? Okay, right? I went to all girls school and was captain of the virginity team, and my mother was the coach. <laughs> um, I remember our school cheer: "Go, go, no, no, no!" But. <laughs> Nobody would have ever done that. We were like nice. No Canadian girl would have said no to you. Oh. I mean, for the prom. That's so awful. Oh, it was awful. Well, I was really you know tiny. My sister did I when, was tiny with oh. a squeaky voice, no pubic hair. Back then, you well, wanted it. Did you it. mention that in the invite? Well, I, I didn't have say. No pubic hair. Do no, you want to no. go to the prom? <laughs> Maybe that was part of it. Well, I was a, it looked like a panel on a wall switch. Oh, my I had nothing, God. I had nothing oh, my God. Panel on a wall. <laughs> you know what? You needed a publicist back then. <laughs> you were going to get nowhere. Oh, I had no, no, no good pub. And no, you know what happened when my prom date arrived? What? Admittedly. Did you ask your prom date or? I went to all girls school. We almost had to just dance with other girls. So we you had to ask to... your prom date? Yes, I did. Ooh. The prom was in June. I asked him in March. Another boys school? You went over to another, the, the yes. all boys and school? Yes, and when recruited? my daughter finally met him. Your daughter met your prom date? Yeah, because we're friends. And she, yeah. had, I hadn't seen him in years. And he was coming to New York. I get it, yeah. yeah. And he came over and, and she, <laughs> he's so sweet. And he... When he left, <laughs> Ava said, well, why didn't you marry him? <laughs> I'm like, well, he didn't ask. He barely kissed me, and I remember he tasted like strawberry ice cream. Anyway, <laughs> I, why, I just remember. Anyway, my when, my when my prom date arrived, it was 1981. Um, He's he, your prom date, but not your boyfriend. He was just your prom date, right? He was just my you prom date. You wanted someone that looked good for the photos? No, I wanted him with? to be my boyfriend. Oh. And it was only until the next week that we mildly even hooked up. But um, mm-hmm. he had a giant bow tie. Like, I remember. It was almost clown-like. I thought, water's coming out of this. <laughs> and I opened the door. No, my sister, who is such a... Yeah. When she wants to be, um, like, the funniest human in the world, but yeah. just has no... 
right. could care less for anybody's feelings. And no, no filter. No filter, but hilarious. Yeah. Okay. And, and she said, she opened the door and she said, Care, Cro-Magnon man is here. <laughs> In front of him? Yes! <laughs> now, what if he didn't marry me? That's an early, that's an early cock blocker going She on. is such a cock blocker. She has wow. been so mean to certain boys. I swear to God, boyfriends have broken up with me. I have a Over boyfriend her. who I will never introduce. I mean, like, they're not meeting her. She's wow. terrifying. Yeah. Like, the last one, she really, like, oh, she hated him. She would literally be like, he said, why don't you like me? Because you're not good enough for my sister, which turned out was true. <laughs> and so she feels like, I told you. And I go, but you didn't need to tell him. Maybe she's like Tough. a parakeet in a mine. <laughs> You throw her into the. You throw her in there, and she's gonna let you know if it's dangerous. Yeah. So that might be a good idea. Yeah, but the one we all should have one of those. I know. I've always said, you you should bring your best friends with you or people that know you really well on every first date. You absolutely should. And they sit there with a remote, and you have a shock collar. <laughs> right. So, so if you're you, an it, alcoholic, like, oh, but we can work with that and a track it. And, and, and you're going. And you're going. I could change her. That's like the joke I had in my 20s. I said, you know, dating your 20s, it's like so much fun. It's like getting a science project. What did you get? I got an alcoholic. I'm going to change him. What did you get? And in your 30s, you're just like, no. Nah.